are listening to the OneOfUs.net Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Eye on the Prize, groggy edition, because <laughs> it is early in the morning and we are all trying to do our best to get this going and talk about the Golden Glows because, you know, could they just not do it on a Sunday? It feels really inconvenient for me, but, uh, you know, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so we're going to do our best to talk a bit about who we think will take home the Golden Prize, which is, you know, it's it's not the Oscars, but it's a, it's a, it's a something. It gets you ready for it, you know? It's, a, it's an appetizer to wet your, wet your palate or whatever term you want to use for this. But um, <laughs> who's talking about appetizers here? But, yeah, stupid. I, I keep borrowing that from a friend of mine. We, I do another podcast where I always say, he's the, who does the so-and-so? Why, it's so-and-so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hey, I'm Justin. How are you doing, everybody? Uh, with me again is Shaquille Lambert. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. Dealing with the cold because I went to fucking Ottawa and it was like the coldest capital in the world at one point during New Year's. But uh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, there's a record cold going on in the East Coast there, you know? Oh, my God. It's a nightmare, dude. <laughs> I am so glad I'm in Utah. I cannot tell you. <laughs> ah. uh, and, oh my gosh, look who it is again, Ian Butcher! Back from the dead, oh, what? Woo, look at you, how is the world of responsibilities and jobs going? Oh, it's, you know, it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, last time I heard you were, like, returning from, like, the brink of death. Just, like, uh, overwork yeah, and sickness. Yeah. yeah, I got really sick, and then uh, Star Wars consumed my day gig for about three weeks, so oh. here I am returning to normal life. Yeah, that sounds rough. <laughs> <laughs> also because you had to see Star Wars, so. Hey, but um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you were, oh, yeah, you were here a, last week. We had, we had a little debate about Star Wars because Justin here doesn't like it. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> so, uh, people, I, uh, I have actually done the thing that I said I didn't do on this podcast. I've been binging on movies like crazy last two weeks because... <laughs> I need to see the Oscar nominees. I gotta see some of these. Um, and last week I covered about Star Wars, and um, yeah, I was not crazy about it. Well, you know what that means. Pistols at dawn. Yep. <laughs> I said, listen, I told him this time it's gonna be like another two-on-one handicap match. We gotta just bring in the steel chairs. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't want me to like it. I, I didn't have any fan theories. I didn't have anything that people have been complaining about the movie. I just said, I want to go in, and I want to watch a good movie. That's all I want to see, you know? And I just, it, it, I mean, maybe it's just purely subjective. I mean, I have some objective complaints in the terms that I think that Johnson's writing, I don't think, is always consistent throughout it. <sighs> you know, and, and that's the thing. Is like, I think Johnson's actually a pretty good director. Like, yeah. I think he, his skills, like, when he when he directs other people's material, he can make some really good stuff. Like, Breaking Bad, he directed some of the very best episodes of that show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I had the same problem with Looper, in a sense, like, I really like Looper, except for several, like, these weird, like, deviations to, into kind of pointlessness. Like, what, what is it, a freaking Jeff Daniels' son uh, in that movie? Uh, it's not his son, it's just... A guy. <laughs> okay, yeah. I thought they implied that he was the son. But yeah, no, just no. That, 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 that dingus we had to keep following every time. It's like, why are we talking about this dude? And ultimately, he served no purpose in the story. Yeah, you, don't, you, don't, you don't disparage no scene in this house. Come on now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I went into it la uh, the last recording. You guys can hear it there. Mostly just, 
I was a little underwhelmed, and I know this is going to be unpopular, and I've said it many times, so I don't care anymore, but I freaking hated Rose. I just could not stand her as a character. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I had the same reaction. I, even the, Like I said, I did, even though I didn't like her storyline, I liked her as a character. But, but that's what I didn't like about it, is that everything she did was a hindrance to the plot. Like, if you think about it, she didn't actually contribute anything that benefited anybody, especially... And again, no spoilers. What she did at the end to really sabotage a plan where you're like, okay, it's heroic on paper, except when you consider the consequence of what it means to everybody else that it put in risk. I'm just... But it's <clears> so... <throat> uh, but it so brilliantly ties into thematically what the movie's about. But what the movie's about is one thing, but you have to go with the immediate plot also. The theme should should not be in the hindrance of logical... of the. <sighs> Okay, yeah, I'm going to get down a rabbit hole because I really don't want to spoil for yeah, anybody who's going to me. Yeah, we, we should stop this again. <laughs> oh, really? he, Last time he, it was even harder because it, it was still recent. So we like we were walking on even more eggshells. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's just me. I You can hear my spoilerish thoughts. Uh, we do a show kind of via Double Toasted called Midnight Chat Attack where we had a, a spoiler cast kind of thing, and I... Went off. I went off the chain on that one. Just like, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you can hear my thoughts there, people. But we're not talking about Star Wars again, <laughs> although we seem to have spent already three minutes on that. But right. we we are going to discuss a bunch of fun, well, fun-ish, you know, inform- informative news bits. Uh, there's been a few more guild nominees, so you know, people are trying to get a good idea of like who's going to take some of these uh, art prizes. You know, like editing, makeup, art direction. Uh, and then we also had the Writers Guild come out uh, with their nominees, which is pretty cool. And I'm sure Ian will be happy about one in particular that made it on the list. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, for Agenda, we're going to talk about the Golden Globes. We'll mostly just hit the main categories and just say, hey, who do we want to win? And who, like, who, who do we think will win and who do we want to win, essentially, our dark horse kind of thing. But, okay. um, yeah, so that'd be fun. All right, uh, but first of all, uh, yeah, so Ian, you've been sucked up with uh, work and being sick and stuff, but how was your holidays, your Christmas and your New Year's? Uh, they were good. You know, they were they were pretty low-key, you know. I just uh, spent Christmas and New Year's with just hanging out with some friends, but uh, they were both pretty cool, you know. It wasn't uh, or nearly as wild as last year, but uh, I kind of welcome that. Both, uh, uh, my liver and my general health welcome that as well. <laughs> yeah, they were good. They were very good. Yeah, no, it's, it's sometimes it's nice just to have a nice mellow holiday, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, Jack, how's yours? Uh, mine was all right. I mean, my Christmas, my Christmases aren't really any anything special. They're just super low-key. Um, other than going to Midnight Mass, which I usually hate. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, my New Year's was actually really good. I went to, like I said, I went to Ottawa uh, to go meet up with some, like, family and friends and stuff. Uh I braved minus 29 degrees Celsius weather just to go. and uh, But yeah, that one was fun. And then I went to this place called the Blurry Pixel, which is like a gaming bar. And it was really, really dope. Nice. I've been to one of those gaming bars with a friend. I mean, I, did, I don't drink, but I uh, went to a few of them and they were really fun. You know, yeah. just getting those old arcade machines and everything. Not even just that. It was like one where like con- with like all console games. So like there's a whole Ooh. booth. Where it was like two 360s hooked up to each other. So it was like me and like a bunch of other friends. We played like 4v4 uh, Halo 3 on two screens opposite from one another. And it got really intense. Nice. <laughs> man. That Brought me back to like the early days of high school. Yeah, I was going to say it brings back memories. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's really fun. Um, 
Yeah, I uh, I didn't have anything quite like that with a bunch of friends. Uh, most of my friends are kind of, you know, they've moved on, they live in different states, because uh, I went back home to Idaho to see my family. Um, but yeah, I got to meet a few people, I got to uh, enjoy Christmas, we had a lot of family over, because my sister got married last week. So, oh, was... congratulations! Yeah, no, we were really excited. Uh, it's funny, because there's a long story by, about, it was supposed to be in March, but it got pushed to December, because... Um, I'm not going to badmouth my fiance's family too much, but some of them are a little nutty. <laughs> just oh, say boy. that. Yeah, that, I'm just glad. I'm, I'm glad I'm not marrying into that family. I'm just going to say. Damn. But, uh, but uh, aside from that, Christmas was really fun. Uh, I got a PlayStation Four, so I feel happy. Woo! Yay! <laughs> um, but yeah, and then I've been binging movies like crazy because thankfully my mom's like, "Oh yeah, hey, the bunch of these indie films. Uh, I'll go tag along with you for those." So I'm just like, "Woo!" Thank you. <laughs> but, um, and then New Year's was nice and calm. We, uh, <laughs> we celebrated by, I went to go hang out with some friends. We watched Jumanji together. Nice. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, both the old one and the new one. So I got a little, double dose of Jumanji this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a lot of fun. And yeah, it's just been very low key. And right now I'm down in Utah with my, uh, my mother and my, and I think my dad, uh, he's not coming up just yet, but yeah, we'll meet up with him again later. But yeah, yeah. so it'll be it's, it's just a nice, good holiday. Uh, yeah. Very lo- very chill. Also, yeah, I binged a bunch of... Like, yeah, this past, like, couple weeks, I was binging on a couple stuff. A lot of it was not good. But, uh... <laughs> like, I watched Bright, which the first oh, 30 God. minutes are fucking awful. Like, the worst kind of, like, poorly written racial subtext. And then it just goes to, like, a mediocre action movie from then on. Um, it's far from the worst movie of the year, like a whole two critics said that people just ran away <laughs> with. But uh, it's, it's, it's not good. And I saw what the actual worst movie of the year is, the fucking Emoji movie. You and saw that? that? <laughs> I did. Because oh. the thing is, I want to build up my worst of list, which I'm still trying to get through. And uh, that one was, that was painful. Oh my god. Like, literally the first thing that I said was, Everyone involved in this should be ashamed of themselves. Even if you delivered a fucking pizza to Sony Studio Animation Studios during that time, you should be ashamed of your fucking self. <laughs> like, God. Yeah, wow. and then um, I rewatched some stuff that I actually liked, like Colossal and What We Do in the Shadows. And then uh, the last thing I saw, which was a, a first-time watch, was Better Watch Out, which is essentially Home Alone meets Funny Games, and it's... <laughs> That's a good comparison. I actually just bought, bought it on Blu-ray, too. Yeah, so it's... It's, to watch it it's, <laughs> it's... I didn't hate it. I didn't... I wasn't crazy about it, but I thought it was... I thought it was decent. It's funny seeing the main kid, like, the the lead uh, babysitting kid. Uh, he's gonna be in A Wrinkle in Time, like the new Ava DuVernay movie, and seeing him in that compared to him in this... It's going to be a weird dissonance because it's, it's two completely different roles. Wow. And that's all I'm going to say about it. It's, okay. it's an interesting movie they should see. Like, Better Watch is at least interesting and come in completely blind. Okay, that's good. I, I've been trying my best to avoid spoilers on it because I know um, uh, we reviewed the trailer for Breakfast Pub a few weeks back. And uh, I got the warning from my co-host just like, oh, yeah, that trailer pretty much gives away the entire plot. It's yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, so I'm trying to <laughs> trying to avoid that, but and no, that that's awesome. And <laughs> um, yeah, so binge has been good. Uh, so Ian, have you been able to binge much lately, or just? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been catching up on a lot of uh, a lot of awards bait, like the Bye Bye Man, and yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, Insidious: The Lost Key, 
Oh boy, really, uh, really, just you know, quality, quality stuff, quality stuff. Yeah, Lynn Shea, best actress this year, right? Man, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I, most of my movie movie watching lately has been at uh, uh, one of. Uh, uh, Corey Goodwin and uh, Patrick Gertz's infamous uh, Saturday Night Movie Nights. Oh, watch such classics as uh, X Men Apocalypse and Assassin's Creed. Oh God! Wow. <laughs> so that, that's been my last week or so of movies. <laughs> I've seen Apocalypse, but I've avoided Assassin's Creed like the plague. I just oh, got it. It's X Men Apocalypse's biggest problem is just that it's aggressively mediocre. Like, yep. oh yeah, yeah. It's it'd be one thing bad. if it was just bad. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it, but it's so bland that it that it becomes bad. Yeah, no, I agree, and that's and that's the thing. It's like Apocalypse. I know it's not a great villain, but it shouldn't be that hard to mess him up. You know, like, it, you yeah. think the Doomsday guy. We've done it in a bunch of other comic series. Why is it so hard to do Apocalypse? You know, <laughs> yeah. They they did it decently in X Men Evolution. Even you remember that show from back in the day? Yeah. Oh, hell, right? hell's yeah! Hell's yeah! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that one, he had a whole like Egyptian garb for the entire thing. It's like, yeah, you can make him look cool, looking so totally goofy like that, but. Uh, <laughs> That's the way to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, yeah, so Star Wars, obviously that was from last week's screening. But then, um, so this last week or so, I've been watching, like, uh, so, yeah, I saw the new Jumanji movie, which was good. I think it's maybe a little overhyped with how much, like, oh, it's the best video game movie ever. And I'm like, I think it's I absolutely not. <laughs> That's not saying no. much. No, and that's the thing. is like, yeah, one, not saying much. Two... It felt like it was written by people who had just played enough video games to know what they were about. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, they got these elements about video games, and then they just went, you know, that's good. We'll just write a story around that. <laughs> you know? But, uh, I mean, I, yeah, it was fine. I, funny enough, the funniest part about it was Jack Black. Like, that dude stole the movie as, you know, playing a teenage girl in a 40-year-old man's body. <laughs> it's just, it's so... <laughs> I don't know. He, he, there's just something about it. It's just so charismatic in a weird way. <laughs> but but um, uh, I also saw Darkest Hour um, this last week. Nice. Yeah, and that one, actually, I really dug it a lot. Like It it didn't blow me away. It's not a really like, a standout movie. But Gary Oldman, I, I think he's going to be the best actor winner this year. Uh, he is, like, if you did not know that was Gary Oldman going into the theater, you would never guess. Like, he's just, he is such a chameleon in that role. <laughs> I mean, and it's a great makeup job, too. So, I, I mean, I'm not... I'm not going to be surprised. It's probably going to get makeup either definitely a nomination and maybe a win in that case. But it was really enjoyable. And it's it's funny seeing two Dunkirk movies back-to-back because then I rewatched Dunkirk after that. And it's just unique seeing it from all these different perspectives. And it really makes me want to watch um, Their Finest, the other one that came out this year. Mm. This was the year of Dunkirk. It feels like it's just oddly enough. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. The hottest, it's the hottest war of the season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah, no, that was really fun. Um, then, yeah, I mentioned to Ian off mic uh, before the recording, Disaster Artist, I saw that, and gosh dang, that movie's hilarious. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> and, you know, I can say this, like, it's not even stylishly directed, because James Franco's really not the greatest director in the world, per se, but he just does so well with the actors, and it's a great, great script. And it's just, and even his acting, it's like, he's maybe not, like, spot on Tommy Wiseau, but at some point, you start you stop thinking about that. You stop thinking James Franco is trying to be Tommy Wiseau. You just accept him as the character as it is. You know, it's just yeah. it's so involving. And I <laughs> it, I took a little exception to the way that it ended in the sense that look, 
<laughs> Tommy Wiseau didn't jump on board the whole bandwagon until a little later, but okay, you know, go ahead, movie, take uh, have your cake. It, it, yeah, too. it's it's trying to kind of paint a like a broader picture of how the room was received. So you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, other than that, I really did enjoy it. And then uh, last night, actually, I saw Shape of Water. Nice. What'd you think? Hey. I liked it overall. I, and, yeah. and that's the thing. is like, I think it's the problem that this movie was aiming to be very straightforward and simple in the sense that it's not, it's not dumb. It's not even like, you know, shallow. It's just, it's not trying to be so terribly nuanced in the way it's written. Cause I mean, <laughs> I was joking with one of my friends we were watching and I'm like, okay, let's see how many of the super bad guy Checklist boxes is Michael Shannon ticking off of this movie. Uh, sexist, All of them. racist, every single one. Yeah, homophobe, religious freak. <laughs> Just, yeah. It, it never his fingers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, pervert, <laughs> racist. Yeah, it's just it's so much of it, and it wasn't just him. Like throughout the movie, there's a lot of those. Like, man, they're doing these very broad strokes to paint these characters, but it's really, really beautifully shot. It's well made. It's well acted by everybody. Uh, Freaking Richard Jenkins, like, anytime he's on screen in something, he's just charismatic, and I really liked him in this one. Oh, yeah. And even Michael Shannon, as goofy and cartoony as this character is, he, he knows exactly what people expect from him in these movies, so he, he can play it with gusto. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I really liked it. Um, I totally called the ending, like, almost from the get-go, where I'm like, huh, I wonder if this is metaphoric, or maybe it's literal. And yeah. you'll see you'll see it when you see it, people. But um, yeah, so I overall enjoy that a lot. So yeah, okay. With my long, lengthy discussion on movies, once again, it is time to start the news. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> this just in: Academy Award voters. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a few little bits of like you know quickie news here. Uh, the first bit. Uh, the Academy of Votership increased a little bit this year, and it does every year. But um, what's surprising is that it didn't grow at the rates that everyone expected. Now, uh, for people who don't know, there's various branches that all vote at the Oscars, and they vote mostly for their categories or their groups, you know, depending on what uh, what they're considered in. Uh, and I think they added somewhere around, like, 700 and something members this year. And, and they mentioned, like, you know, what, like, a thousand members die each year, or people retire, or... Damn! <laughs> a thousand members die a year. A oh, sorry, no, 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 sorry, not, not a thousand. people die for being an Academy Okay, I, I, I added, again, I am groggy, it's a hundred. That, that's way too much. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to take another sip of this Diet Coke here. <laughs> Listen, I'm dealing with the cold, too, so my, my brain's kind of loopy right now, also. <laughs> This is my brain. This is my brain on the podcast. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the, the shock was the group that increased the most this year um, was the short film and animated category. Uh, they got 86 members added this year, which is pretty cool. I'm sure we mentioned like some of the uh, new rules and restrictions and that kind of stuff. You know, it encouraged growth in the animated categories. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. And then the actors grew by like 60 members, uh, sound increase, visual effects. So it's like, they're really trying to get a good size. I mean, each, each branch has like a hundred, couple hundred members minimum, uh, for the voting, uh, which actually kind of ties into this next little bit of news. Now this is <clears throat> partly news, partly infor information for the audience. But, um, for people who don't know the way the Oscar voting work, it works is that it's basically a, pre um, the idea that you, get your ballots, and you vote based on, um, <clears throat> sorry, you, you vote based on first place winners. So, 
uh, a film will get a nomination if it gets a certain percentage of first place picks. And um, that can vary widely with how many votes it takes to get a nomination on each category, where it could be anywhere between 363 uh, uh, ballots for Best Picture or 22 for, like, Costume. Which, that's a pretty wide gap when you think of that. Just think, yeah, it only took 22 ballots to get this film nominated onto a category, you know? <clears throat> but yeah, and it's, that's interesting. Just, uh, they're, they're, they came up with some figures recently on that. And uh, this one kind of leads to a slightly speculative bit where they talk about the number of Best Picture nominees. Now, I still think the Best Picture um, rule that they have right now for how they get picked is kind of BS. Because... It's one thing to say, oh, well, you have five nominees or ten nominees or you have a set number, but their weird math garbage they have for how to get a nominated uh, film on there, it's just it's just odd. It's, yeah, it's a... the, like the arbitrary, like, oh, it's going to be between, like, five and ten. Just give it a strict number. That's it. Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't think people would complain that much. I mean, and I know why, because you know, for... Uh, the history consideration, it was like, because Dark Knight got omitted in 2008, and that got a lot of people miffed. Uh, it did. And then they tried to do compensate with, um, in 2010 and 11, I believe, uh, where they're like, okay, now it's going to be 10 nominees, everyone's going to be happy, we put more films on the list. And then people are like, well, maybe films will get on there now that don't deserve it. And you're just like, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, there, there, there's, there's some of those really... that do, well, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, there could have been a really simple fix to that, which is just the year after that, you just nominate Dark Knight again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then it wasn't deserving that year, so... God yes, damn. it was, goddammit! It's no. deserving every year! No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, um... Again. <laughs> no, what, Sorry, what I, I don't mean to fight you all the time, but... <laughs> man. Ooh! No, what I was going to say was that, um... That, yeah, the whole arbitrary number... It just makes people more annoyed that certain things don't get nominated. Yeah. Because it'll be like, uh, like, oh, there's eight nominees this year. Like, why couldn't you fill out the other two? Like, two movies that could have gotten a nominee, like, who did feel deserving, could got snubbed. And shit like that happens so much more now that it's just more, fr- that's just more frustrating to people. Yeah, and it doesn't help that uh, apparently there was a speculation um, based on the Critic Choice nominees that... If you consider how the ballots were counted, we might only get seven Best Picture nominees this year. Now, this isn't for sure, but it just seems like it, it kind of proves the point I've made across this uh, podcast run that this year wasn't terribly, like, it wasn't really clear, like, oh, everyone's really rallying behind this movie here kind of thing. So, yeah, we'll see what happens, but it's it, it could be a very uncompetitive year at the Oscars for Best Picture. Mm. Uh, outside of the fact that everyone's going to vote Get Out because, you know, that's just dominating the critic choice list. <laughs> so but, maybe um, Get Out is a legitimate shot. If Get Out wins Best Picture, I'm going to... I don't I'm going to be what. happy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go out wait, the street wait, wait, holding question. my... Wait, when are, the, when are the Academy Awards this year? They're in, are they in February? Uh, they're in uh, no, they're beginning of March, I believe, yeah. Damn. So. Listen, this is how Black <laughs> History Month is going to end. We're going to take the fucking Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Moonlight won Best Picture, so there you listen, go. One, listen, but... listen. With Black Panther, we are going to be more energized than ever. It's going to be Black History Decade. Get it straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, so that'll be interesting to see what ends up. I mean, because I always predict 10 just to be safe, because, hey, if they put a potential 10 nominees, I put 10 nominees on my prediction list. But 
Yeah, I really hope it's not only seven. I think there's at least eight, maybe nine films that would be deserving of nominations this year, for sure. Yeah. Um, And then Olivia Munn's going to host the Critic Choice Awards. Okay, hey, moving on. The star of X-Men Apocalypse. Cool. Hey, listen. <laughs> listen. I called her, like, I've called her my wife since, like, Attack of the Show. So anything I see her in, I'm like, yay, all right, awesome, great present. She, she's great. She's so pretty. So how did you feel when your wife was walking around Auschwitz in a bathing suit? No, no, wait, what? That was okay. an X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, right, yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be context there. That's just a random thing. It's like, yeah, do you remember that time no. you saw yeah for, a second, yeah, for a second I thought it was like, wait, did that happen in real life? I was like, did I miss a controversy? Uh, then, yes, yeah. it did. yes, it did. Yeah, in that gripping <laughs> yeah. documentary. Yeah, she was such a non-presence in that movie too. That's what bothered me. Well, it, it's one thing they kept promoting her as like, oh, Sadak's a fan favorite character, and she's dedicated herself to the role. She had to squeeze into that super tight costume that they designed. And doing the sword it... training and all that stuff. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, she has like maybe three lines of dialogue in this movie, and she barely does anything in the plot. It's just yeah. I love that now it's become a tradition where we can't go a single episode without talking about X Men Apocalypse. It just warms my heart. It's it's because yeah. it's so shit. Like not even <laughs> like a not even like we said not even in like a uh, shitty like extremely bad. It's just so mediocre. It becomes painful. Yeah, it, it's just such a letdown after what I thought was really great with Days of Future Past, and then Brian Singer's just like, ah, I'll give good. a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, did the check clear? All right. Yeah. Uh, Brian Singer's very hot and cold like that anyways. So I'm just like, okay, dude, you come out with one, bit, bit, you know, swing in, and then it's just like, you know, well, he's got his own set of problems to deal with right now anyway, yeah. so we're not going to talk about that. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, but, sorry? No, I just said, ha, just fuck him. Oh, ha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good enough. So, with that said, uh, we'll quickly run through the Guild nominees, too. Um, so... Makeup uh, came out today, uh, like, I just saw it right before we started recording, and there's, like, five categories just in the film part alone, and it's, <laughs> yeah, I get, you know, they have, like, okay, so they split up between contemporary, contemporary hairstyling, uh, period and character makeup, period and character hairstyling, and then special makeup effects. So, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to read through all these, there's way too many, but uh, Blade Runner 2049 actually got a couple, so that would hey. be happy. Yay! Um... Guardians, of course, got a few. Um, Wonder actually got quite a bit of representation on this list, which... Oh, nice. Yeah, actually, um, I think I put that uh, either as one of my main picks or my alternatives in my recent round of predictions. Because, I mean, say what you will, but that makeup on Jacob Tremblay is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really good movie. <laughs> like, uh, you know, or, or, uh, removed from the makeup and all that. It's, it's a pretty solid little movie. Yeah, I'm actually, I think I put it on my list of adapted screenplay nominees. Like, I don't know if it will make it, because it's... Yeah. Adapted screenplay is going to be interesting this year, especially yeah. if we get to the Writers <laughs> Guild, but uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I think that's kind of cool. And I like the... Um, the Both the guy who wrote the screenplay and the guy who wrote the original... Uh, I mean, the guy who's directing the movie. They, they both mm-hmm. do good work, so, I think. Yeah. But yeah, so, if you want to see the full list, people, go look it up. It's the Writers Guild... I mean, no, sorry, the... Not the Writers Guild... Uh, the makeup and hairstylist guild nominations. Um, it's pretty cool. And then, of course, Darkest Hour. I think it's definitely going to make it onto the final list for Oscars. So, yeah. <clears throat> uh, going from there, then we have the Ace Awards. The uh, the you know essentially the editing nominees from the Editors Guild. And I mean, it's mostly kind of like you know what to expect. <laughs> we we got uh, so they had edited uh, edited features for drama, uh, drama, comedy, and then animated and documentary, but. For drama and comedy, it's mostly the films that are kind of like 
in the talks of being um, nominated. So dramatic was Blade Runner, Dunkirk, Molly's Game, The Post, and The Shape of Water. I mean, all good picks overall, I think. Mm -hmm, Uh, And then comedy was Baby Driver, uh, the funniest film of the year, Get Out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, Tanya, Lady Bird, and Three Billboards. Also the funniest movie of the year, in quotations fingers. (laughs) But, um, I mean, again, like, all these, like, there's a few I think, well, definitely get in. I think Dunkirk, um, Get Out, and I, Tanya, and Three Billboards think all have good shots. Uh, But I, I think... Even that, like, for three billboards, it's kind of a maybe still. And then that fifth slot is just, like, just anybody. Like, I mean, I, you guys know I'm going to be waving the Blade Runner flag for a while because I do think it's a really well-edited movie. But yeah. I I couldn't tell you exactly what would make, like, the final slots for editing. It's, it's a this big... Is, this is one of those ones... Sorry. This is one of those ones where I'm saying Baby Driver is probably going to get it because one of the reasons that movie works so well is because of how it's edited. Yeah, no, I think the editing is really great. I think the sound is more of what contributes to that movie being really great, but editing helped a lot there because he did a lot of that cutting precisely on the beat kind of thing. See, and I would say that about Dunkirk, where I feel like so much of what makes that movie work is the editing and being able to kind of, you know, balance the the, the tension between these three different storylines and kind of continually cut back and forth between all of them without ever really being lost of, like, where you are and who you're following. Yeah, no, I mean, and I was a little lost, to be fair, in Dunkirk at points, but it's not... Terrible. Come on, man! No, I mean, I could follow it. I could follow it. Easy. It's just, it, it was just emotionally jarring a few points where I'm like, this is a really tense moment, and we just cut to something entirely different. But, okay. <laughs> but it was still um, it was still pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, I think we'll see what happens. It's not There's no clear winner for editing this year, I don't think. I mean, Dunkirk is probably going to take it just because it's the popular one, and it, you know, it's a lot of editing they had to do to, like you said, balance out three non-linear edited uh, storylines. Uh, although, I, I'm just going to complain a little bit, too, after watching Dunkirk again. Christopher Nolan needs a new sound mixer, because I feel like, it, it, maybe it's just him, maybe it's the sound mixer guy, but we had to turn on the subtitles at some point, because I could barely hear what anyone was saying over certain scenes. And it's like, uh, and I, I, I still... I know, I'm going to sound like a baby. I, I still say, that opening sequence when they're gunning down all the ki- um, the young uh, soldiers in the beginning, uh, that's the, that scene makes me deaf like uh, every time because it's so freaking loud. That's the point, to be man. Fair, that's the whole that, point. Yeah, it, it works for that reason. Like, it makes you terrified of those gunshots. Because like, no. we're, so, we're so acclimated to hearing gunshots in film that we're just kind of like, all right, yeah, cool, like, blah, blah, blah. But as soon as in these ones, these ones feel like they have actual impact, and you're terrified of them because they can come from anywhere. Sure, but I mean, I mean, thankfully there wasn't a lot of dialogue in this movie, so it didn't matter too much. But there's a few points where we're just like, I, I feel like I should be paying attention to what the people are saying, but I guess Christopher Nolan doesn't care. So, but yeah, I guess I was just mad because when I went to see an IMAX, I sat right next to the speakers, unfortunately, oh, and God. Uh, my ears were ringing <laughs> by the time I left. I'm just like, God, I'm. I'm <laughs> anyway, uh, and then a couple, last few, the Art Directors Guild happened also. Um, you know, again, there's multiple categories. I'm not going to read through every single one, but Usual Suspects, uh, Blade Runner, Darkest Hour, uh, Dunkirk, I think, is definitely going to make it this year for Art Direction because nice. really good set work. And uh, that's one of the things I really like in a lot of Nolan films. Shape of Water. Uh, yeah, pretty much if you expected to see a film nominated for production design, it's on the list here. So... Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Uh, the big one I want to talk about, though, uh, over that is the Writers Guild. Now, Writers Guild is kind of a 
maybe 60, 70% reliability for Oscar predictions. Because they also have the rules where they omit certain um, nominees because they're not part of the guild. So, you know, um, Darkest Hour. Uh, what else were some of the notable omissions? Uh, Three Billboards was omitted because of that reason. Oh, right. I remember, did, yeah, did we talk about this on a previous episode, I believe? Yeah, yeah. We mentioned the films that were uh, not eligible for nominations that year. Yeah, so. that's it. Yeah, and uh, The Post also was not eligible, which is sad. But, um, so for original screenplay, actually, um, let's see, since, since I read so much, uh, Ian, do you have it pulled up there? I do, I do. Excellent. So we got uh, nominees for Best Original Screenplay. We got The Big Sick, uh, Get Out, I, Tanya, Lady Bird, and The Shape of Water. I don't have much of a problem with any of those nominees. I think all of those yeah. are... Yeah, yeah, I think all those are pretty good, uh... A big sick, I think, is still on that bubble right now because the post is getting a lot of traction for you know being the post, the politically important film of the year. But, but the big uh, sick is so good. I know that's the problem. It's a really, it is a really good script. It's very heartfelt and personal. But uh, so yeah. we'll see who will win out on the popularity contest there. But uh, what do you think of those nom- uh, those picks? Uh, I'm all for them. I mean, honestly, like that's it's one of those categories. It, it, like hypothetically speaking. If it stays roughly at that when we get to the Oscars, um, it's a lot of tough competition. You know, any one of those could win, and I'd be fine with it, honestly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, any thoughts from you, Shacker? Yeah, no, same thing. Just, uh, yeah, they're all really, really good and really deserving. Um, I haven't seen The Big Sick yet. I haven't meaning to. I'll probably get to it sometime this week. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I can't complain with any of these, really. No, they're very, uh, they're very enjoyable, for sure. Uh, and then adapted screenplay, if you can finish the rest. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Call Me By Your Name, The Disaster Artist, uh, Logan, Molly's Ooh. Game, and Mudbound. Now, I'm pretty sure you're happy about that one with Logan getting represented. And Disaster Artist, come on. Well, Disaster Artist, I think well, there was no competition for that, because I think it's a legitimately really good screenplay, you know? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and uh, those two guys, uh, Scott Neustadter and Michael H. Weber. Uh, they, oh, I love those guys. Yeah, they haven't written a screenplay I didn't like yet. So I'm wait. What I'm, have they done in the What have they done in the past? Uh, Five hundred days of summer, uh, spectacular. Now, uh, I believe they're writing the new mutants. Uh, they wrote. Oh, okay, Star. all right. Like these guys, oh, they're they're really good. Are they writing yeah. The new mutants? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah because it's the the same director who did Fault in Our Stars, and I believe he brought him over to New Mutants. Okay, cool. And then uh, yeah. he also did this one movie, uh, End of the Tour. Uh, they they wrote the script for that. Oh one as well. yeah, yeah. Oh right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which uh, that's a one of those films that got really like sh- lost the shuffle when it came out. It's great, it's a, though. Yeah, no, it's great. It's a, it's a niche topic, to be fair. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are all pretty good. Like, I'm surprised Mudbound's kind of gotten resurgence in this last you know stretch of the race where everyone's like, oh yeah, best adapted screenplay nominee for sure. And I'm like, okay, I I, I guess I I don't know much about it other than just people seem to be very mixed on it. But uh, yeah, other than that, you know, again, these are. Logan, I don't know if it's going to make it to the end there. It's, uh... God, I hope. I really hope. <laughs> I don't think it will, but it should. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I know I <laughs> I liked Logan. Like This one is not one of those ones where I was like, ah, oh, I don't get why people like this one. It's like, no, there's a lot of stuff to like about Logan. I had it just... Logan was always at its best when it wasn't an X-Men movie, oddly enough, I felt. It's like, mm. yeah, like the drama and the character work is really, really good. And then whenever they had to bring back the comic booky parts is kind of when it started to get a little weak. But, I yeah, otherwise, I really did enjoy that movie a lot. 
Uh, but yeah, Call Me By Your Name, Disaster Artist, and Bali's Game for sure I think are going to make it. Even with... Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, people sometimes are a little iffy on Aaron Sorkin's work, but I think it's a, you know, it's a shallow enough competition that he should probably, you know, get in easily this time. And again, we say it every time, but the fact that the movie involving Tommy Wiseau is probably <laughs> going to get nominated for an Oscar. Uh, multiple Oscars. <laughs> yeah, multiple, what crazy. time to be alive. <laughs> you know, and I still say Disaster Artist, I mean, it's maybe hovering around Best Picture. I don't know if it'll actually get a nomination, but it's God, kind of on so. that, like, I could see it happening. It's enjoyable enough that I, I wouldn't complain. So, yeah. all right. Um, and then with that, we have the Golden Globes, the big centerpiece of this episode. So, um, yeah, Golden Globes are going to happen this Sunday. I uh, had to talk to Chris a little bit, just like, I know you really don't like posting stuff on the weekends, but maybe could you get this up Saturday if I could send it to you? <laughs> So, yeah, hopefully you'll be able to hear this before the ceremony happens. Uh, So we'll run through just the major categories and give our thoughts on who we think will win and then kind of like, you know, if you do have one, just go who you want to win if it's different. Okay. uh, Yeah. So uh, let's see. Uh, Do you guys have picks for screenplay? Screenplay, screenplay. Let me just jump over there real quick. All right, got it here. I I can read the nominations too if needed. Um, Sure, yeah. Just go through it quickly. All right, so the nominations for Best Screenplay are The Shape of Water, Lady Bird, The Post, Three Billboards Outside Epic Missouri, and Molly's Game. Um, who I think is going to win, I think it's it might be between Lady Bird, uh, The Post, or The Shape of Water. But who I'd like to win is Three Billboards. You know, I'm actually predicting Three Billboards as well. I don't know if it will win for sure, but that's my favorite, I think, of those nominees so far. Hmm. I haven't seen Molly's game yet. I'm hoping to catch it either today or uh, later this week. But uh, and then Ian, do you have a p- uh, pick for that one? Uh, for best picture? Uh, no, best screenplay. Screen- best screenplay. Screen Sorry, that's. Right. I was like, I was. You were reading that list off. I'm like, that doesn't sound like the best picture list. <laughs> scroll down here real quick. There we go. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I probably as far as what I think will will win, it'll probably be either uh, Lady Bird or the Post. Um, and I haven't seen the post yet, but um, I'm leaning towards Shape of Water myself. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Shape of Water I thought was pretty good screenplay. But yeah, I think that's just to the point that I don't know if there's any clear winner. Like, it really could be anybody uh, who oh, wins yeah. this one. And I, I suspect you might be right with the post for, like, possibly might win, because I yeah. think the Golden Globes might lean a little political in a few categories. <laughs> but, uh, and hey, uh, Josh Singer, the guy who writes the script along with Liz Hanna, uh, he did Spotlight as well, and he does good good work, so. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, so then, director, uh, here we yes. got Martin McDonough, uh, Christopher Nolan, Ridley Scott, uh, I can tell you he's not going to win. Uh, <laughs> for, um, yeah, for all the money in the world. Uh, Steven Spielberg and Guillermo del Toro. So, let's see. Of those mm. ones, I I see that like a lot of people have been leaning towards Guillermo del Toro this year, like for best director, and you know he directs the heck out of Shape of Water for sure. It's very visually and thematically unique. Um, but if I said this, if I had to say who I wanted to win, <laughs> just to sound like a broken record, I really like Martin Madonna's work on Three Billboards. I think he did a really really great job. So, but I think for Will win, I'm going to say Guillermo del Toro. Uh, what about you, Ian? Um, I think it's a toss-up between Spielberg and Del Toro. Uh, although I think uh, I think Nolan has like a, a legitimate shot at maybe getting it. And personally, I think 
Uh, Nolan is who I, I want to win that. All right, cool. Uh, and then uh, Shaq? Uh, for me, I think it's uh, my should well my should win and probably will win. I'm going for Del Toro. Awesome. Because I, I think this might be his year. Yeah, no, and that's uh, that's nice. I mean, that's awesome to hear because, I mean, I'm just like, yeah, Del Toro's been pumping out good work overall. overall. I mean, I still think his English is a little weak in some of his writing, but I think he has some great ideas visually that don't, you know, there's no language barrier on that. And I think he, you know, he, show, he showed that really well for this movie. Uh, especially, I still, actually, I, I mean, I laughed a little bit when I saw it, but that whole musical bit-ish kind of thing that happens in the movie, <laughs> yeah. that part was really, really like, wow, it's so well staged and composed. Exactly. And, yeah. Like, y- exe- yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was saying, I, y'all know how much I don't like musicals, but that was one moment where, like, I actually, like, for a brief moment, like, I understood. I was like, I was so caught up in just, like, the wonder and the... Just like the pure sincerity of that scene. <laughs> no, I agree, and I, it was just—it was very well earned in the way that it was delivered. So, um, and then Ian, if you could read the supporting actor nominees. Yes, supporting for which actor. one? Drama, drama or comedy? Or is it? Oh yeah, I forgot. Drama, musical, or comedy is the same one. Which is yeah, bullshit. yeah, yeah. You're kind of. Uh, we got uh, for uh, best supporting actor. We've got uh, Willem Dafoe, uh, Army Hammer, Richard Jenkins, Christopher Plummer, and Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Woo. I, I was so happy that he's getting like all this buzz because he was really, really good at three boards, I thought. Yeah. Um, but I think this is one of the few categories where it's a lock for sure who's going to win, and I think it's Willem Dafoe. Oh, definitely. I think <laughs> he, he has dominated almost every single prize out there except for like maybe three, and I don't see a reason why not to put one for him. I, I, Florida Project still won a couple um, Best Picture candidates I haven't seen yet, but it... Yeah, he looked great in it. I mean, and it's just I nice see Willem Dafoe going out of his comfort zone and playing a character who's not a creep or a villain. You know, it's just, it, yeah. Out of all the people in this movie, he's the single nicest, most sane character. So I've heard. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much the case. Um, I yeah, no, he it's another case of just like yeah, the favorite is also my favorite, which is Willem Dafoe. And yeah, no, he because he he is such a warm, loving like he's such a warm presence in the movie. Which is weird to say about Willem fucking Defoe, but uh, <laughs> but like he really does. He really is like the pure heart of this movie, and he's also the character I related to the most because he didn't put up with any of the kids' shit because they kept as they kept running around. He was just like, "I'm so sick of this," but he's never truly sick of it. Like you can tell, he really does care for all these kids and all the people in this hotel, and. Yeah, it, 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 he's so fantastic. And plus, I know it's mentioned like by everyone, but that scene with the fucking child molester, where he's yep. like, "Yo, come come here for a second, is <laughs> one of the best scenes of the year. Just pure. I'm sure that'll probably be on his um, Oscar reel, or maybe even this, his clip at the ceremony. I <laughs> hope it uh... is. <laughs> I hope that if he, I hope that if uh, uh, he's nominated for an Oscar and they go to play his uh, his reel. Uh, it's just a scene from Spider-Man where he tells Aunt May to finish the prayer. Finish it! <laughs> Godspeed, Spider-Man. <laughs> misery, misery, misery. <laughs> he is so quotable in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then, <laughs> supporting actress nominees. Um, he, uh, let's see, there's uh, Mary J. Blige, uh, Hong Chow, Allison Janney, Laurie Metcalf and Octavia Spencer. Um, mm. You know, this is interesting because 
I don't. Uh, it's one of those ones where there's also not a clear front runner, but I think there's two very definite like contenders. It's going to be for me between Allison Janney and Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. And I think for me, I'm letting my vote on Allison Janney because I'm hoping to see Itanya today, and I really, really just like her from the trailer so far. So I can't wait to see what she does. But having said that, if Laurie Metcalf won, I would not complain at all because she was fantastic in Lady Bird. So. Yeah, uh, Allison Janney, like she, I find it's a great movie, but she really is what like sets that movie, you know, a step above everything else. Oh yeah, so I mean, is, is she your pick as well then, or? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see it going either way between Laurie Metcalf and Allison Janney, but personally, I would I would give it to Allison Janney. Okay, and then uh, Shaq, what about you? Yeah, uh, I think Laurie Metcalf. Uh, Laurie Metcalf. I think she's gonna win, but I'd rather Allison Janney win because yeah, Allison Janney is the one who takes that movie over the top. And the thing is, is yeah, like I said, um, even though I wasn't crazy about Lady Bird, I'll say that Laurie Metcalf is absolutely the best part of it, so I think she will, like I said, she'll probably win. Okay. Um, I would look, if as a complete dark horse, I wouldn't be against Octavia Spencer winning, because I thought she was also really great, but I don't think she'll, like, win. I mean, I was surprised she got nominated a little bit, but no, she was really good in Shape of Water, I thought. But yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be complaining about that either. So, yeah, I think uh, that'll be interesting to see who actually takes the prize. But anyways, um, then we have actor in a musical or comedy. Uh, Shaq, if you can read off the names here. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we have Steve Carell in Battle of the Sexes, Ansel Elgort in Baby Driver, James Franco in The Disaster Artist, Hugh Jackman in The Greatest Showman, and Daniel Kaluuya in Comedy of the Year, like he say it, Get Out. Um, <laughs> I will never not say that. <laughs> out of all of these, the one who I'd want to win the most is Daniel Kaluuya. Because I think I feel like his performance has been kind of a bit underrated, by like just how good the movie is. Because I know we all talk about like moments and stuff, but I think his performance he gives a really, really he's the one who grounds the movie, and you believe his plight. Like that oh, sure. th- that first sequence when he gets hypnotized is disturbing. Like it's genuinely unnerving, and I th- he's who I would who, he's who I want to win. Who I think will win is James Franco. Because Tommy Wiseau is such a weird fucking character that James Franco somehow manages to actually perfectly become him for an hour and a half, which is absurd as hell. But it, it, it works. So, yeah, James Franco's the, the should win. And no, he's not should win. He's the will win. And Kalui is my would win. Uh, should win. Awesome. If, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, I, I, I can totally see that. And Kaluuya is actually definitely my second for sure. But... I mean, honestly, should win, will win. I think James Franco just dominated this year. I thought he was just so good. But if Kaluuya won, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, because I think Get Out's probably going to take the best prize. Uh, spoiler for my comedy prize picture category. But, um, yeah, I, th- I, I, totally, I totally agree. Uh, Ian? Uh, Hugh Jackman. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would definitely go, like, yeah, I think if it weren't in the comedy or musical category, I would want Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya to win. But... Yeah, this is James Franco's to win. Like, come on. Yeah, well, we'll find out. Uh, but yeah, I think that's one. I, I feel pretty confident in that. Um, <laughs> and then actress in a musical or comedy. Uh, Ian, if you could read off the names. Yeah, we got uh, Judy Dench, Helen Mirren, Margot Robbie, Saoirse Ronan, and Emma Stone. I mean, it's a pretty solid list overall. Yeah, I, um, think, I think Margot Robbie's probably got this in the bag, though. You know what? I actually agree. I think, uh, you know, everyone else is really good on this list. And, uh, you know, I would have voted Shersha Ronan because I think she's really good in Lady Bird. But 
I, Tanya, for some reason, I just I feel like she's gonna win. I, I really, I can't, I can't wait to see it so I can fully judge it for sure. But I, I feel like Margot Robbie's gonna take it. Uh, what about you, Shaq? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's Margot Robbie's to win. Uh, it's if, if it's between, yeah, it's between Saoirse Ronan and Margot Robbie. But I think Margot Robbie should and will win because she straight up transforms herself in this movie. Like, you don't think for a second this is Margot Robbie. You think like, oh, this is actually Tanya Harding, and especially. The very, I think the second or last scene, or le- like the last major scene, is that's her Oscar moment. That's where you go, okay, I yeah, know she should win just off of this. Wow. Okay, I'm excited. Uh, okay, and also, I just gotta ask, has anybody ever seen or heard of The Leisure Seeker before? Hell no. <laughs> I, I didn't even know this was a thing until it got nominated. I'm like, I guess people like whatever this movie is. <laughs> but. It's, a, it's, the, it's the old people movie. <laughs> hey, old people movies can be nice. I've seen a few. I, no, I'm not, say, I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm just saying that's the movie that's very much aimed and probably known by older older people. Okay. <laughs> um, so, going from there, uh, Best Actor in a Drama is Timothy Chalamet, Daniel Day-Lewis, Tom Hanks, Gary Oldman, and Denzel Washington. Is there any debate here? Uh, I'm pretty sure Gary Oldman's just going to sweep it. Yeah, probably. Uh, there's always the Daniel Day-Lewis contingent, but uh, yeah, I think it's probably Gary Oldman. Yeah, uh, Shaq? Yeah, he's the, he's the one who has the biggest buzz going in, so I think it's a it's a should-win and will-win kind of same thing for Gary Oldman. Actually, you know what? You know what? I'll switch it. Who I would want to win, I'd, I'd like to see Timothy kind of win. I haven't, I haven't seen Call Me By Your Name, but I've heard a lot of really, really good things, and I feel like he's the one who kind of brings it all together. So I, I would say, yeah, I vote for Timothy. My one thing, though, is Denzel shouldn't have been fucking nominated for Roman. Because Roman, Roman sucks. And <laughs> Denzel, it's one of his weakest roles, at least in recent memory. Because, he, like, we know Denzel as Denzel. And he, he doesn't really tune in bad performances. But this is the closest one to a bad one. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think It seems like it was a passion project, but I guess it just didn't work. But, uh, yeah, okay, okay. Um, then actress in drama, uh, Ian, if you can read that one. Yes, that is, uh, Jessica Chastain, Sally Hawkins, Frances McDormand, Meryl Streep, and Michelle Williams. Uh, this one I had to think about a little bit, but, um, oh, <laughs> it's so tricky. <laughs> um, I think my vote for who I would want to win actually is Frances McDormand, because I yeah. thought she was really, really good in that one. Um, I guess my Dark Horse then... Uh, I think it's kind of split between who I think would probably be the second best performance, which was Jessica Chastain. Um, but then again, I haven't seen that one, so I also have this sinking suspicion that Meryl Streep might take it, because I, I don't know why. It just seems like it's one of those <laughs> very predictably Golden Globe things to do. Because she's Meryl Streep? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to get a little sick of Meryl Streep, because uh, I feel like she's just a little overexposed right now as being greatest actress of all time. I mean, she's really good. She's a really great actress. Because she is, but okay. Yeah, 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 I know. I'm just, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm just like, okay, we know. Meryl Streep is great. All right. <laughs> but, yeah. So who would you pick then, Ian? Um, I mean, I think it's it's probably going to come down to Frances McDormand or Sally Hawkins, honestly. And yeah. I'd be fine with either of them winning. Yeah, Sally Hawkins is great. So Yeah. Sweet. Uh, and then Shaq? Yeah, same thing. Yeah, either Sally Hawkins or Frances McDormand. I think Frances McDormand might push it over to, like, actually winning. But I would like to see Sally Hawkins. Like, it's it's so difficult to see the two because I can't pick my favorite because they're both so good and so 
uh, wildly different ways. Yeah. Because, yeah, as, like, Francis McDormand is, like, this angry force of nature, and uh, Sally Hawkins is, like, this super quiet, just kind of trying to find a place in the world kind of person. And I, it's, God, it's weird. Like I said, just, Francis McDormand has so many, like, great scenes where it's just her just talking shit. Meanwhile, Sally Hawkins <laughs> has so many great moments with, uh, and she doesn't say a single word. It's, God, it's so difficult. Just, I'll say it's a tie, tie time between the two. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I don't blame you. It's a very wide open race. I mean, the only one who I know for sure is not going to win is Michelle Williams. Not because she's bad, just it's like it's too little, too late for all yeah. in the world. I think. Yeah. Although, then again, good. fucking Christopher Plummer got added to the movie too little, too late, and he still got a freaking nomination. Yeah, no, I, I still think he might get an Oscar nomination. Funny enough, but uh, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> that would that be some shit? <laughs> uh, I will also say too, uh, Shape of Water. I have now seen way more of Sally Hawkins than I don't think I've, I think I've ever needed to see. I mean, she looks fine. But... Oh, dude, she's fucking gorgeous. Fuck out of here with I that. Would, <laughs> I would say the same thing about Michael Shannon, but oh yes, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. But, yeah what do you uh, think of some Michael Shannon bare ass? <laughs> who thought that that would be the most disturbing uh, uh, sexual scene in the movie? Yeah, <laughs> I never, I never wanted to see that, and now it's seared into my mind forever. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing was, uh, my friend actually had to walk out for a second to use the restroom, and he walked out right at the moment as that scene was starting. So I'm just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you spared yourself of that image. Now I cannot unsee that. <laughs> um, all right. So then, uh, Shaq, if you could read the uh, musical comedy. Not yep, picture, we, got, uh, we got The Disaster Artist, Get Out, The Greatest Showman, I, Tanya, and Lady Bird. This is going to be... Let's just take fucking Greatest Showman the fuck out already. Like, we know it's not winning. But, um... <laughs> uh, I would want to win. I've already said it from the get-go. Let's fucking get out. Either that or I, Tanya. Those are the two that'd be like, I want those to win. Who I think will win is either Get Out or Lady Bird. But I'm saying more, probably Lady Bird will probably win. Okay. Um. Actually, yeah, Lady Bird is my um, should win. Just because that is more a comedy. I mean, it's still fairly dramatic, but if I had to fit that category, it would probably fit better, but I'm pretty sure Get Out's going to take this, because they purposely made it where it's going to dominate the competition in this case. Uh, Ian? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I probably... I, I realistically, I think probably Lady Bird. Honestly. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would love to see Get Out, though, and I would love to see The Disaster Artist, but I think... I don't know. I, I, something tells me it might be it might be Ladybird. Honestly. Alrighty. Yeah. No. I I would be totally happy with that. Um, and then watch us all be shocked and the greatest show and come out and just destroy. Man. <laughs> man you know, I, I'm, I'm meeting a lot of people who are raving about uh, greatest showmen. So who I need are that. these people, dude? You're not even like, dude. Listen, when I went to that bar uh, on New Year's. Three people within an hour told me how much they enjoyed the fucking Greatest Showman. I'm like, what? The, where the fuck did this come from? Oh yeah, all right. I guess I'll go see it. You but sure like, they were like in a fugue state and we're talking about Logan? No, no my, my brother no. liked it. They liked it. A bunch oh. of people I know liked I was, it. Dude, I was. It was three completely separate instances, and they're like, "Yo, have you seen the Greatest Showman?" I'm like, "Who the fuck is talking about the Greatest Showman?" It's designed as a crowd pleaser, and I guess it's working on the audience it attended. So, hmm. yeah, I was just, I was just shocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Uh, and then the last one here, co- closing off those just major categories: uh, best picture drama. We got "Call Me by Your Name," "Dunkirk," "The Post," 
Shape of Water, and three billboards. Wow, that's a very competitive race here. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's no clear front runner for this. No, and I think I picked The Post just because it's... Like, Golden Globe, when it comes to drama, unless it's a surefire nominee, they'll often pick, like, something that's kind of out of the blue. Because I remember um, freaking Babel won one year um, over The Departed. And I was just like, oh, well, I didn't see that coming. But, um, yeah, I think that one is probably my pick for Will Win, who I think should win. Um, I think I'm going to go with Three Billboards again. I just really, really like that movie a lot. So, uh, Shaq, what do you think? Um, I'm thinking probably Will Win. Honestly, I think Shape of Water might take it this year. Um, I yeah, I think I it's it's a it's such a tough race this year. Actually, no, scratch that. Sorry, what I think will win is Call Me by Your Name. I think that's gonna be the one to win. Hmm. But who I would want to win is either Dunk, like the ones I've seen. So either Dunkirk, Shape of Water, Three Billboards. Like I wouldn't be against any of those three winning. I haven't seen the post yet, so I can't say how I feel about. It. I don't know shit about it. Um, aside that it's a, like a politically based movie based on like real life stuff, but um. Yeah, the, the the three that I saw are the, like I would be fine with any of those three winning. Okay, and but I then, think she, I think it's Call Me by Your Name's year. All right, and then Ian. Um, yeah, I really don't know. I mean, I've I've seen all of these movies except for The Post, and I'd be fine with any of them winning. Honestly, like you know, part of me there's a part of me that leans towards Dunkirk, but then I just as much lean towards Shape of Water, and I just as much lean towards Call Me by Your Name. So I'd really be fine with any of these winning. Okay, uh, which I gotta ask, how was Call Me by Your Name? By your name it's by the great. Way? It's, it's really, really great. Okay, yeah, because no, I've only met, met a few people who liked it, and most of them did like it, and then one one person in particular uh, was just like, eh, it was alright, you know? So, <laughs> I, I'm curious to see for myself, it's just, I know, it's tricky subject matter. I brought it up to uh, my friend the other day, because he hadn't even heard of this movie, and I'm like, oh, well, the, you know, uh, gay love story, you know, kind of putting it broadly strokes, but it's with a you yeah. know, 17-year-old and 25-year-old, like, not interested. Oh no, he he oh, hit you with that. I want to see that gay shit or whatever. No, no, it wasn't even the gay stuff. It was the seventeen-year-old and the twenty-five-year-old bit. Oh, okay, wow, oh, okay. Just, just I, I'm so glad. Listen, like... I'm so glad to the point where we could where that that's that's the more important thing. They're like, why the fuck is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean he fucks an apricot in the movie? What are you talking about? Oh, was an apricot? Or wait, wait, he what? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. No, there. I think because I think I tried to make a joke about that in a previous recording. I don't know if you got it, Shaq. But yes, that is a thing no. that happens. In this I didn't movie. know he fucks an apricot. What the fuck are they fucking an apricot? You, well, you know, you know, it, you know. Oh, this this is no. You know, you know, you know what? I'm gonna leave this to this some white people shit. <laughs> Actually, you're totally right. <laughs> yeah. What is it like? This one with an apricot. Uh, American Pie with a pie. Yeah. Y'all just love a fucking food for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And what's the common denominator between all those things? The white devil. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't see nobody fucking no fruits and get out. <laughs> It'd be a whole lot cooler if they did though. I think they had, a little too, they had a lot more to worry about than, you know, their sexual pleasures. Yep. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so those are the major ones. I mean, there's a few, you know, the other um, minor categories here, like score, song, foreign language, animated. I, I had a couple picks there. I think Coco will take a couple. Uh, I mean, obviously animated. I think it's going to win hands down. But uh, I think the only one that was kind of a head-scratcher was uh, foreign language film because a bunch of these ones aren't eligible for the Oscar. So it's kind of... You know, just like a, it's anyone's game, really. <laughs> but yeah, actually, I think maybe is first my, they kill my father might be the only one who's not eligible. Actually, yeah, you know, okay, nice. I take that back. There's only one that's not eligible. Most of these are not the front runners then who are, who yeah. are considered. So, oh, um, yeah, 
I was going to say, wait, best foreign language film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you said they're not eligible? No, no, no. So, no, I corrected myself because I thought they weren't, but I think all these were. I think the notable exception were a few of the big hitters like Foxtrot and a few of the other ones. So. Yeah, I was going to – yeah, because I was going to say, we talked about a bunch of these last time. Yeah, like yeah. Like a Fantastic Woman in the Square. Yeah. Why are you talking about old stuff, though? We, we, <laughs> we're moving on. No, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that's for sure. Uh, so yeah, okay, that, that sounds like a good thing. All right, so yeah, I think that's about everything we need to say about the Golden Globes. It's going to be interesting. Again, Golden Globes doesn't always predict Oscar nominees, but it does give you a kind of a barometer to measure the race with. A little bit. Um, I mean, I'm definitely going to see it this Sunday, and I'll report back. Are you guys planning to watch it this weekend? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, if I'm able to, yeah, I'll definitely try to sit down and watch it. Dude, listen, listen. Award show season is also my favorite season to ever be on Twitter, because that's when we're cracking the most jokes. And people <laughs> will just find the, like, the most innocuous shit and turn it into a meme so fast. And I'm so happy about those. Like, Golden Globes is like a goldmine of those. Because remember... Was it was it that year when a uh, fucking angry ass Tommy Lee Jones for Lincoln? Oh yeah, no that and the Oscars get a couple memorable uh, faces and memes and <laughs> exactly it's it's prime season for that and it's so great. Yeah, that uh, Ricky Gervais and then that one time when Mel Gibson confronted Ricky Gervais on the stage. That oh was really great. yeah. That was really funny. He's like, what the frick does sugar tits mean? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are always great. Uh, and then, it wasn't Golden Globes, but Screen Actors Guild. One of my friends showed me the video last year where um, Stranger Things won for um, the Best Ensemble Prize, I think. And there was that close-up of Winona Ryder's faces that she was making the entire time. You're just like, <laughs> what the frick is she doing back there? <laughs> oh, oh was... complete side note. But um, I heard, uh, apparently, uh, Tiffany Haddish... Put out a fucking 20-minute award speech the other day because she won. Remember how she won for uh, New York Film Critics Circle for um, uh, Girls Trip for Best Supporting Actress? Yeah, yeah. And apparently she went on a 20-minute award show speech where she was just cracking jokes and a bunch of other stuff. She hit on Michael B. Jordan a bunch. And uh... I need to see this because apparently someone filmed it, so I, I want to go see it because it's probably going to be hilarious. Oh, 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes, dude. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason why they didn't consider her for some of the other Man, No, 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 no. I don't accept that. Because <laughs> she's fucking fantastic, man. That's, that's what I, I hope that if if, uh, if Jordan Peele wins any award for Get Out, that he goes up and does an hour-long thank you celebration speech yes. that turns into a Key and Peele bit halfway through and a retrospective of his entire career. Dude, he brings uh, out fucking he brings out Kiki Michael Key and does the anger translator shit again. <laughs> no, I want to hear him call Timothy Timothy like he did in that one skit to where he tried to make yes. Oh Timothy. my god! Like, let me let me tell you about that time I was in that Weird Al video. Oh, man. You know, that was the crazy thing I was talking about with my friends like that last night. Just like man, I feel like I didn't know who Kim Peel were for the longest times, and then rewatching old videos, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, they were in uh, White and Nerdy. Yeah, <laughs> that was the craziest thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's great. Uh, anyway. So now we're, we're closing off on, um, you know, this little tradition we've had in the last few episodes, but talking about our favorites of the last decade for certain categories. Now, this one is a much more visually focused one because it just, it's kind of fun. And I don't want to go over all the tech categories for the podcast because, you know, there's, there's so many and we only know so much. But um, I want to talk about a few of the big heavy hitters, uh, cinematography, production design, and visual effects. Uh, now, there's a lot of crossover on a few of these categories. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, if you want visual effects, you also want cinematography in a few cases. But um, with that said, uh, I wanted to go through and just ask you guys, like, just, hey, 
top three favorite winners, like usual, and then any notable nominees that you remember from this. Uh, so, uh, Shaq, we'll start with you on this one. For best cinematography, did you have a okay. three favorites for this one? Yes. It's, it, dude, it's hard. This is one of those ones where it's hard as shit because they're all really, really good. They're, really, like, again, visually beautiful. Um, but I had to pick a three. It'd be Gravity, uh, The Revenant, and uh, Slumdog Millionaire, actually. You know, Slumdog Millionaire almost made my list. That was a really good film for... Yeah, because I was... Yeah, I was thinking about it, like, as I was, like, looking through these. And just, like, thinking about, like, how just intense... Like, visually intense uh, Slumdog Millionaire was from, like, all these different... Just, like, the backdrops of India to, like, the flashing lights of, like, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire set. And just... It was such a gorgeous movie that, like, it took me by surprise. And I think that's one of those, the first ones where I really thought about, like, Danny Boyle is like, you know what? I think he might actually be one of my favorite directors. Just think, at least from, not just, just from a visual standpoint, because he's so creative with his films, at least from a visual perspective. And, uh, what's it called? Uh, Gravity. Gravity is, <laughs> oh man, Gravity was an intense experience, especially mm-hmm. just, just from looking at it, you're just terrified. Just it makes me never want to just space. Fuck space. Fuck space. <laughs> and yeah. the Revenant. The the whole thing about the Revenant is just how beautiful it was and how hard it was to film. But like the 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 idea to only film with natural light that was Insane. honestly a really great decision. It was fucking ballsy, but it works so well with it. Yeah, no, that's a bold decision to make because I mean it. Yeah. You wouldn't notice. I mean, you wouldn't notice if they didn't tell you. It's like, oh, yeah, almost the entire film, there's no artificial or fake lighting in this. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous-looking film. Exactly. In terms of nominations, uh, there's a lot. So I'm just going to name just a few. <laughs> the one that's going to show up in every single one of these is Mad Max Fury Road. Because Mad yes. Max Fury fucking Road. Um, Skyfall is astounding. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I think it should have won that year. But I, I wouldn't I can't go against Life of Pi. But um, what else? Uh, the artist is fucking beautiful. Um, the Tree of Life, even though I want nothing to do with Terrence Malick ever, I'll give it cinematography. Um, and uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, the Dark Knight is a surprising pick, but I now that I think about it, there's so many beautiful moments in that movie that I can't go against it. But yeah, I'd like to mention that and. Uh... Oh, and Moonlight. Of course fucking Moonlight. Just the the color palette alone is one of those ones that, like, that one it should have won. But that's also another one of fuck La La Land, Moonlight for Life kind of deal. But, uh, yeah, I'll just say those ones off the top. Oh, and uh, last one, Sicario. Sicario. Yes. But that's another Roger Deakins classic. Really, anything Roger Deakins should have won just by default. Yeah. Uh, You know, maybe the reader did deserve to win that year when it got nominated. Aside from that. <laughs> but yeah, no, on a whole, you can't go wrong with Roger Deakins usually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Ian, if you had your top three, what would you say? Uh, yeah, we're still including 2007, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. 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 Uh, then, as far as the the winners, I'd go uh, uh, Robert Ellswit with uh, "There Will Be Blood." Mm-hmm. I think oh, that movie is just yeah. stunning. <laughs> you Jesus, know, it is like like every single frame of that movie you could like. You could put up, you know, frame it, put it up on your wall, and it would be, like, a gorgeous piece of art. You know, I think the movie is, like, immaculately shot. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd also go with, uh, like Shaq said, Gravity. 
mm-hmm. which is the movie that made me say fuck space forever. <laughs> uh, I literally, the first time I saw that movie, I literally walked outside of the theater, laid down on the ground, and just started staring up into the sky because everything, my whole world was spinning, and I was like <laughs> about to throw up. Yo, dude, did you see it in IMAX? Yo, yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> that ruined my life. Yeah, no, the one shot that always gets to me is that one uh, when the spaceship gets struck by the debris and she's spinning around it. Like, that yeah. all I'm like, it's a tilt world Like, oh, that hold was... on. <laughs> God. I, I honestly, was that was the closest since, like, Jackass that I was to puking in a theater. Just like, <laughs> I was just so nauseous. They should put that on the poster. Be like, not since Jackass, so I almost puked in the theater. <laughs> but uh and then I, i'd also go uh for my number three i'd go with uh, uh wally fister for uh, inception oh yeah no he, he uh, did yeah inception job. is just that is a fucking amazing looking movie yep uh and yeah and then as far as like the nominees go like we said anything roger deakins you know especially sicario and skyfall um uh robert richardson for inglorious bastards and uh, Django and hateful mm-hmm. eight Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, uh, uh, Wally Fister again, The Dark Knight, uh, Jeff Cronenworth on Social Network, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, freaking uh, John Seal to come out of retirement to shoot Mad Max and shoot it and, so and, well. And just shoot the hell out of it, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then uh, uh, Bradford Young for Arrival. Yeah, no, he... Oh, oh yeah, actually. Huge fan of his. No, I was surprised. Like you know, I uh, you know I thought like okay, he's switching from Deacon's uh, Villeneuve was to doing work with this guy. I'm like, I don't know, but it's like no, Bradford Young really. Oh, he you know, is he fantastic. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah, I've been a, I've been a fan of Bradford Young since he shot Pariah. Like that guy. Oh, that's I'm right. That guy can that. do anything. Yeah, yeah. Because then uh, I think he's shooting the uh, the solo movie now, right? Uh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah he's uh, he shot solo. He shot uh, yeah, Arrival, Most Violent Years, Selma, and the Body Saints. That's oh, I love Most Violent Year. Really, really like that film. But um, yeah, he's he's a really good photographer in that one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I mean, mine's just gonna be a repeat on a lot of your list because um, <laughs> uh, Gravity. I think that's my favorite shot film the last you know decade here. I mean, aside from Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one just Gravity blew me away with how good. And I mean, Emmanuel Lubezki is just one of the greatest cinematographers working today. You know, just anytime oh, yeah. he, you know, Tree of without Life, a doubt, yeah, Tree of Life, Revenant, Birdman, uh, Children of Men. You know, he's just had oh my god, you know, Children movie after movie. That, that is you talking about a movie that got the shaft as far as cinematography goes. I know, like, it's just right outside of our range, so it couldn't have made it on the list, but, oh. um, but yeah, no, he great job with that. Uh, then There Will Be Blood, I think, I agree, it's one of the, it's just gorgeous, stunning camera work, every single frame, and it's, it's funny, because I haven't seen, like, Robert Ellsworth is still a great cinematographer, but he hasn't had that big showcase, like, There Will Be Blood in a little while, because he's really? been mostly doing the, uh, Mission Impossible movies lately, uh, I think. I think the Mission Impossible movies he shot look gorgeous. Oh, they're great, yeah. That's what they're, I'm saying. They're like, amazing. You know, yeah. When you think of, like Oscar films, I guess you just you know people don't think Mission Impossible for great cinematography, but you know, yeah, well, should... maybe they should. They should. No, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Especially like some of the shots he got in that movie, like um, especially Five with like the plane and oh, jumping, God, in, yeah. jumping into the whirlpool. <laughs> Jesus. You know, just so well, I, I think of I think of in in Four all the shots that he got with IMAX cameras on the side of that building. Oh, on the the Burj Khalifa. On the Burj Khalifa, yeah. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> uh, and then my third pick, uh, Life of Pi. Like, nice. I was the guy that year who was saying Life of Pi was my absolute favorite film in t- t- 2012. It was just so stunning visually. It had a great emotional range to it, uh, and it just it just looked beautiful. And uh, the guy who shoots it, uh, Claudio Miranda, uh, he mm. did Benjamin Button, and he's done yeah. quite a few other films. I really like Tron. Um, yeah. 
Oh yeah, he did do Tron. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, big big fan of his. I'm a big fan of his and his platinum long locks that he uh, rocked. <laughs> that man has gorgeous hair. <laughs> uh, but then yeah, other notable nominees. I mean, you said a lot of them. One of the films that I think is still one of my absolute favorite foreign films I've ever seen, uh, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Um, uh, Giannis, Giannis Kaminsky shot it, and it's just a gorgeous movie. Have, have you guys seen that movie? I oh, have yeah. not. I've heard a lot about it, but I haven't seen it. Oh, it's so great. I got it on Blu-ray recently because I'm like, I have to have this in the highest quality available because it's not uh, – no one's going to restore it for 4K probably for a long time. But uh, it's just stunning, stunning film. Really – you know, just yeah, it's great. Um, and, that, and, well, that's, through... and that's another one we didn't really we didn't really mention at all was Yanis uh, uh, Kaminsky just killing it <laughs> this last yeah, decade, I mean, especially. I mean, people consider his heyday to really be like you know Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List, but yeah, uh, but his his work on like Lincoln and War Horse, say what you will about War Horse, that is a gorgeous looking movie. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, he's still one of the greatest cinematographers alive today too. I mean, yeah. he just great work. And I mean, there's a reason why Spielberg will only shoot with him as a cinematographer. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think, what, the last 10, 15 movies he shot... A- everything since Schindler's List he shot with Yanis Kaminsky. Yeah, because I think before that was uh, Davio, uh, who I actually met, uh, Alan Davio, which he shot E.T. and all those films. But Yeah, yeah, then... yeah it, was, it was Davio and he shot a little bit with uh, with Dean Cudney and uh, another guy on the Indiana Jones movies. Right, yeah, I forget which one. But yeah, he, he, once he's discovered Giannis, he's like, no, nope, this guy. He's my man. <laughs> but <Yep. laughs> um, really great. Um, I also thought, yeah, Jeff Cronin with uh, his work on Social Network and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo I thought was a really good looking movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I thought that really had some great shots. And uh, I mean, it, it's hard to tell sometimes with David Fincher because he does so much post-production and uh, visual effect work that's really invisible and seamless. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Cronin with cinematography just by itself is really good, even without all the alterations. Because I've seen some of the um, behind-the-scenes work when they show all the editing they do on it. And it still looks great even in the first frames. So, Because the thing um, is, with Fincher's films, it's not as overtly flashy as a lot of other films. But, like, it because each of his films have, like, a very consistent color palette. And it's very striking. It's, it, it's, it's a lot more subtle than a lot of other ones, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can agree with that. Um, and then since you guys named a bunch of the other ones, um, I had uh, three quick ones that had been mentioned yet. Uh, one that totally surprised me because the movie itself I like overall, um, but I think The Grandmaster is a beautifully shot film. Uh, Philippe yes. uh, he he just does great work. And it's just, it's so, because I, mean, I, I forget, it's um, Kong War Y or whatever his name, right? Or War Kong. How do you say his name again, the director? Oh, um, um, fuck, I know who you're talking about. Uh yeah, Wong Kar Wai. Wong Kar Wai, there we go. Uh, yeah, he just makes gorgeous films, and Philippe Lasord is a really great cinematographer to work with for that, so he did a great job there. Um, I think, oh, uh, Silence, I think, is also one of those cases mm. where, like, I like Silence overall, but it's just so gorgeously shot, and um, Rodrigo Pri- uh, Prieto, he does really great work. Uh, yeah. And then, one of the films I think is one of the unsung, like, great modern movies is Inside Lewin Davis. Uh I think the camera work in Lewin Davis is phenomenal. And um, Bruno Delbanel, who just, he did that one. He did um, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. He did mm, a very, which, a very which, long engagement. Which is surprising. Like, not, wait, sorry, but what, like, when you think about it, like, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, even though it's, like, one of my less favorite Harry Potter flicks, it is beautiful. Oh, like, that God. sequence with Harry and Dumbledore. Man. Yeah, no, that's what I, I always say that, too. It's like, it's my second least favorite Harry Potter film, but I think it's the best shot Harry Potter film out of all of them. Yeah. Like, just camera work-wise, it's gorgeous. And I can always tell a, a Bruno Delbanel film because it's always got that, that shade of green like a David Fincher film does. Because um, he also did Darkest Hour this year, which I think he'll get nominated for. But um, 
yeah, it's that one and those films. And he's just, he's just such great work. And Inside Lewin Davis is just so many just loving shots on that film. Just these, you know, beautifully composed images. It's just, and one of the things, too, where I think if you pause it, you can get a great-looking image in almost every scene. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, we had quite a lengthy discussion on cinematography. Uh, production design will probably not be as... It, dude, it's, a, it's such a stacked category every year that, like, you feel upset when you don't mention one uh, one of the films because they're all so good. Also, a, b- a brief shout-out to uh, Mr. Dick Pope for Mr. Turner <laughs> with the most unfortunate name flub in Oscar Aww. nomination history when they called him Dick Poop and we all giggled like a bunch of 10-year-olds. <laughs> You know, the funny thing was is that he wasn't even on Twitter or social media when that happened. And when he found out, he's just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> oh, that poor guy. But, you know, and saying that, though, Mr. Turner actually did think it was a really well-shot film. For his, it is. It is a slow and long movie. I still enjoyed it. But, yeah, it's a really gorgeously composed film. Uh, but, yeah, it's a poor dick poop. The, anyway... <laughs> Um, so then we have production design. Now, this one's interesting. I mean, it's, you don't really think a lot about production work. Most people don't when you watch a movie like this, but it's a very important part of the visual creation of the movie, I think. Um, so then Ian, let's start with you. Who, what are your, uh, top three, uh, winners? Uh, well, I'm just going to come right out and, and get it all out in the open. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Yep. <laughs> like, won, won that category, deservedly so. Like, that, that movie... Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I agree. It was a, it's really great set work they did there. I mean, it, mostly it's. A, I mean, I'm surprised. Like, how much of it's location shooting versus how much of it's set design? But it's still. Yeah, just... I was going to say. I feel like about about eighty percent of that movie really the the sets are the cars that they're in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And desert. Yeah, but it's really really great. Yeah, um, and then I also go with uh, Hugo. Yeah, Hugo's really good. Yeah, 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 gorgeous, gorgeous design in that. And then, um, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, yeah, hands down. I think that's um, my very favorite pick of the last decade for best uh, production design. Uh, it's just, yeah, I, I, I still use it when I teach classes on uh, film design and such. And that one, I'm like, just, just notice all the stuff they're doing with color, with, you know, stylistic uh, touches for the way the architecture works. It's just so, so good. Yeah. Uh, and then any favorite nominees there? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. my bad. <laughs> um, yeah, as far as nominees go, uh, her I thought was really very, very subtle. A lot of what they do with the production design in that movie, mm-hmm. but it goes does a great job of uh, 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 really painting a picture of this kind of future world that the movie's set in. Um, uh, Interstellar as well. Uh, the, you know, gorgeous, gorgeous work on that. Uh, Arrival again. Um, uh, the, la- uh, the last two Harry Potters, actually. Uh, Deathly Hallows, parts one and two. Yes. Oh, and, yeah. of I- course, The Dark Knight. Yes. <laughs> no, I've always thought all the Harry Potter films had great productive design, so I could... <laughs> yeah, I-, I totally agree. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, Shaq, what, do you- what are your picks there? Oh, obviously, number one, with the bullet, Bad Factory Road, greatest <laughs> movie of all time, you know what it is. Um, <laughs> man, that's not my number one. Um, number two, um... I'll say uh, Sweeney Todd. Ooh, I think yeah. Sweeney, Todd, Sweeney Todd is really, really good production design. And uh, third one, another curveball kind of for me, at least, uh, The Great Gatsby. Uh, regardless of my feelings on the movie, uh, I think it is it has some of the best production design. Like, it's a beautiful, beautiful fucking movie. Um, but that's that's basically a ba- that's basically Baz Luhrmann as a whole. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, and it helps that his wife is the production designer and costume designer for most of his yeah, films. And, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of other nominations, yeah, I'll say, uh, what's it called? Yeah, the Harry Potter flicks. Um, what else? Uh, the Revenant. Um, what else? What else? I'm just kind of looking through. Yeah, Dark Knight. Uh, actually, I thought uh, Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. Yes, uh, that that's a very very underrated one. Yeah, no, it's great, great production work. I mean, and I the film's legacy is mostly that it was Heath Ledger's last uncompleted project that he did. But yeah, it's a very visually stunning film. I I totally agree. Mm. I, like honestly, looking at it, two thousand nine as a whole is actually a really good year for that because like look at it like nine. Even though nine's not good, but that one's also very. It's very solid, and um, Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock, actually, yeah, Sherlock Holmes is really one. I, honestly, I thought it should have won that year, but uh, Avatar, I can't complain with that because the thing is, as much shit as we give Avatar on a narrative level, from a technical level, it's all really impressive stuff. Oh yeah, I totally agree. No, but uh, and that's, I mean, unfortunately, it didn't make my list for the top three winners. But I mean, and that's the thing, like Avatar was so close on a lot of them, but I kind of went with a few unconventional picks and a few of my like. I, which ones did I just like the most kind of picks? Um, yeah. But in that case, uh, Mad Max did not make my top three, unfortunately. It was just... I, I will say this. If we did, if I had chosen costume design this year, Mad Max would definitely be on my top three for costume design. Because I think... I really like when they pick winners who are not just period pieces. Because so often it's just, you know, who made the most lavish, you know, Renaissance costumes. And it's like, exactly. no, Mad Max... Yeah, Mad Max put some creativity and some thought into those costumes. They look amazing. Um... But in this case, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel was my total favorite. I think that one was just really great, like I said. Uh, again, funny enough, Sweeney Todd was my second. I think um, the guy who does the work there, uh, well, the, you know, his, him and his partner, uh, Dante Ferretti and Francesca yeah. Lo Schiavo, they yeah. just make beautiful set work. You know, just um, that one, they did Gangs of New York. Um, they did uh, Hugo also. Uh, man, I, they, fucking, I fucking love Gangs of New York, man. Yeah, no, they built amazing set work. Um and then actually, funny enough, my third pick is Lincoln. Uh, I think Lincoln was just an amazing-looking movie for yeah. its pr- production design. And uh, it's uh, Rick Carter, who's won this award a couple times, too. And he just does great stuff. Because um, he also did Avatar and a few other films nominated on the list here. Um, as far as other nominees, I really enjoyed... Uh, I, I mean, I totally agree. Her, I think, was a great minimalist look for sci-fi production. Um, I really like Bridge of Spies production work. I thought that one had a really great set design. Uh, Hail Caesar. That's like one of the few things I liked about Hail Caesar was the production design because <laughs> it's a it's a visually stunning movie like most uh, Coen Brothers films. And then uh, since not just repeat everyone else's, I I will admit the production design on Anna Karenina was really good. Like it's really mm. good lavish mm. set work for it. So for a film that I wasn't terribly crazy about on the, on the whole, but all right. Uh, and then last one. Then let's go with visual effects. Uh, this, ought to oh, be fun. This, this is my wheelhouse. All right. Well, then you start us off, man. What are your picks for? All right. So this is going to be a very, very difficult one because the thing is that the like a lot of these are amazing. But I'll go number one. I'll say Gravity because <laughs> to be fair, most of that movie is nothing but visual effects. Just <laughs> there's barely people in that movie. That's what I mean. Like the only <laughs> the only real thing in that movie is like the actors. And maybe, like, the very last scene. <laughs> but um, <laughs> other than that, it's just astoundingly gorgeous. Um, second, uh, Avatar, which is the reason why anyone went to go see Avatar in the first place, which is visual effects, which is another one of the, just like Gravity, 
where there's a very few actual people, but the effects in it are so just stunning that that's the reason people went to go see it about 60,000 fucking times. Um, mm-hmm. And thirdly, I'll toss it to Ex Machina. Because oh. in the complete opposite from everything from the other two, where it's just mainly one real visual effect, which is uh, Alicia Vikander, but it's so beautiful that I it, like it, there's a reason it won, and I, honestly, yeah, just a lot of it just goes to her and just how impressive it was, impressively subtle it was. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, in terms <laughs> of like stuff that, that, and say that Alicia Vikander is a visual effect, like she doesn't. Actually yes, exist she dude, she's so pretty that it might as well, she might as well be a fucking visual effect. <laughs> um, and, uh, Megan Fox, but both of them, are man. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of stuff that got nominated. Uh, again, Mad Max Fury Road should have fucking won that shit, but then again, most of that <laughs> stuff was real. Um, what else? Uh, man, I hate the fact that in the early years that it was only three movies, but, um, District yeah. 9, absolutely. If, if Avatar wasn't out that year, District 9 should have won it. Um, oh, uh, what else? Uh, the Planet of the Ace movies we mentioned. Oh, my uh, God. Because those are maybe... The, Honestly, I think on an uh, individual level, but the Planet of the Ace movies have the single best visual effects of the past decade themselves. Ju- just off yeah. of Caesar. Yeah. Um, and it's astounding that how we haven't had effects that good for every single movie up to this point. Um, but uh, another one I'm going to toss out that's underrated is Deepwater Horizon. Yes. Because it is, it. it is an intense fucking film. And one that I think got overlooked, especially last year. But um, just from just like the, the oil and the flames and the mud and all that stuff, just it was such an like a surprisingly intense film, at least from a visual effects perspective. And uh, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange is probably the best Marvel movie period to have like those visual effects because they're all over the fucking place. Especially just the one sequence of Benedict Cumberbatch going through all those the the various multiverses. <laughs> that alone was. I don't know what the fuck to say about it. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. fuck. <laughs> no, nah, just, just the word fuck. <laughs> yeah, they did a lot of unique, like you know, artistic design with the visual effects in Doctor Strange. You know, they were trying to. Uh, I think they mentioned they really wanted to get that Jack Kirby, you know, the really psychedelic look from the seventies and the sixties kind of thing. And they but, fucking nailed it. Um, but yeah, God, there's so many, there's so many of them. I, I don't want to steal all of them, so I'll, I'll I'll let you guys go, and then we'll come back if there's any ones that you yeah. guys ever mentioned. No, and there's fewer nominees because, like, the three limit they had before 2010, I think, or 2009. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, oh, yeah. and Transformers. Transformers, as much shit as we give it, Transformers, the first one, has very impressive effects so that you could actually tell what's happening. More or less. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Ian, what about you? Uh, yeah, yeah, as far as the stuff that won, uh, yeah, obviously Gravity, like, just right off the top, like, yep. <laughs> amazing, amazing effects. Uh, and then after that, I'd go with, uh, Interstellar. I thought there was a, a, a really, like, even with a lot of the CGI in that, in that movie, there, there was this real kind of photorealism to the f- effects in that movie that I really dug. Yeah. No, and just a... the way that they kind of handled space and wormholes and the way that all of that was designed, I thought was really amazing. It's very good. And then, uh, 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 keeping on the Nolan tip, Inception. Oh, yeah. No, I totally Yeah. Inception. Come on. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> No, just the, one... the hallway sequence. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> well, the hallway sequence, I give a little bit more credit to the production design because that set actually was moving in the hallway sequence. True, but 
it, on top of that, all the effect work in that movie is, you know, spot on stellar, yeah. you know, just so good. <laughs> um, yeah, and then as far as stuff that was nominated, uh, yes, Mad Max Fury Road, obviously. Um, Doctor Strange, again, uh, I thought, uh, yeah, Planet of the Apes, you know, we talked about, um, uh, I actually thought that the, the Martian had really, really good, uh, really good effects. Oh, yeah. Dude, Matt Damon's beard was all CG in that movie. That is insane. Wait, are you serious? Wait, really? Yes. <laughs> oh, no, do you remember, remember the Oscar clip? Um, they showed, uh, in the Oscar reel, um, when it was nominated there, uh, his beard was fake. No, I didn't pay attention. Yo, I gotta go rewatch it now. Just give me a sec. That was the craziest thing when I was seeing them. Like, okay, I'm sure <laughs> gonna show like the really big showy effects. It's like, no, they showed you how they built the beard on Matt Damon on that one. <laughs> yep. And then, wow. uh, yeah, Prometheus thought, yeah, Prometheus, uh, for, for all its faults, uh, a very gorgeous looking movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Force Awakens, uh, looking back a little bit, uh, uh, Dark Knight and Iron Man, the, the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Yeah, no, those are all really good picks. I really agree. Um, and then this one, yeah, for my picks for top three, uh, I mean, we've, it's kind of, you know, ruined by the fact that everyone else has already said most of them. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, Gravity is definitely one of my top picks. It was it was just tied with one other film, and I think I just pushed it because I think it's just as showy, but in different ways. Uh, Life of Pi, I really thought the effect work in that one was really, really good. I think the animal work on that for the tiger is amazing. Yep. Just, you know, how much they got the muscles and the tension of the hair down on that one. It's really, really impressive. And and it was only just barely, you know, eclipsed by Jungle Book with how good the animals looked in that one, too. But mm-hmm. it, was, it was very yeah. influential. Um, Inception, I totally agree. I think that one, just so much visual effect work on that. That was really stellar. Uh, the one, I think, the one sequence I usually talk about in that one is um, the one in the cafe when everything's exploding around them. Yeah, yeah, really yes. good looking sequence, uh, visuals and camera work, uh, and then one that we've kind of ignored, but I think its impact was really, really important for some of the uh, minor effect work we've seen in later films. Uh, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button, like I, I knew think, you were gonna say as soon as you mentioned that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, and that's the thing. It's like yeah, like you know, in the you know stretch of time, Benjamin Button's not gonna be remembered as like the greatest movie ever, but. All that stuff they had to do to Brad Pitt to put, you know, CG his head on the body and all the, uh, you know, the touch-up work for aging and de-aging, it's, it's minute in the sense that it's not showy, but it's so stunning. You know, it's just so seamless. And we've seen it being used in so much of David Fincher's later work. Like, I mean, hey, Army Hammer, people were convinced he had a twin brother for a long time because of how they did his visual effect work there, you know? <laughs> it's just... Um, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I didn't know. I thought it was actually two guys. I'm like, oh, it's just one actor. Wow. Oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I, sometimes I appreciate the subtle work better than the big, you know, Avatar level production stuff. But um, I mean, saying that Avatar did have good visual effects, um, I think all the pirates films have had good visual effects on the whole. Like they're big, they're loud, they're blockbustery, but they're except for the most recent ones, they were really well done back in the day. Yeah. At World's uh, End is probably the best looking one out of out of the five. Yeah, I want to say three, but I'm like, wait, fuck, there are two more. Yeah, <laughs> we've kind of disowned those ones. Uh, <laughs> it, it does make me laugh seeing some of the people, I mean, some of the films that got nominated because freaking Lone Ranger got a visual effect nomination. Um, but the effect work was all right in that one. It was <laughs> purely see. based on it was purely based off the train, off that whole train uh, sequence. Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, that train sequence is the single best part of that last big, giant, climactic fight, but we had to sit through two hours of movie to get to there. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, actually, a few of the ones, um, 
I think 2014, when I look at all the nominees in 2014, there's not a single one I didn't like that year. Like, every single one of those films had great visual... Even um, Winter Soldier, for as less showy compared to the other ones as it is, it still had a bunch of really standout effect work in that. Um, yeah. And Days of Future Past. I mean, the Sentinel design is a little funky to some people, but I think there's still really great design. I mean, still great visual effect works. Um, and then, last one, uh, Kubo the Two Strings. I really, really like Kubo the Two Strings. I think the, you know, it's the mo- I think there's only been two animated films in the last like 20 years to get visual effect nominations, and that was one of them. And you can, t- I mean, just the amount of work they had to do on that movie, just you know, outside of claymation, just all the CG stuff, it's just stunning. Just such an intense scale. It's really, yeah. really good. Um, um, also, one thing though is one I was just kind of looking at and kind of thinking about. But even though Alice in Wonderland was a piece of shit as a movie, but, like, the, the actual effects and production design both are really, really impressive. At least I'd say it's one of, like, Tim Burton's more impressive works in yeah. the, his, at least, uh, recent career. Yeah, I mean, and he, it seems like he keeps going back and forth on what type of Tim Burton he wants to be. Because it's like, oh, big guys, I'm going back to classic, you know, like, you know, not so crazy Burton. And then he'll be like... All right, that didn't make any money. Okay, going back to the bull crap. Now we're making Dumbo. I want to know how the fuck he's going to do those racist ass crows. Oh, oh god, <laughs> oh god. Listen, I hope he gets That's the one thing them. that I was like, why are they making? That was the one reason I was like, yeah, no, fuck remaking Dumbo. Though I think his uh, pink elephant scene is going to be insane <laughs> if he does that thing. <laughs> oh dear lord. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. But uh, no, there's no more talk on that because this podcast is over. Woo! Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to say yay, but like I'm sick as fuck. So like, yeah, this no, one was I, like, oh, I need some talent all real quick. No, Shaq, I'm, I want to thank you so much for hanging in there with us. Uh, I can hear you kind of, you know, suppressing the coughs in the back there. So no, you're a real, real trooper. Coughing and sniffling, but yeah, man. Yeah, like I'm, de- I'm dedicated to the show. And I like talking <laughs> with you guys. That I'll brave this disgusting ass illness that you're gonna have to edit out like most of it because like it's like every five minutes. Hey, I have done much worse in the last few weeks to- for editing jobs. So this will be uh, this will be a cakewalk. Uh, okay, and then, cool. And then I tried Ian, to make it as accommodating as I could. Ian, thank you very much for we we, we missed you last time, so we're ha- happy to have you back on. So oh, glad to be back. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, just a preview for the next week or so, uh, for those listening, we uh, the Oscar nomination voting officially opened uh, today, actually. So we'll actually, you know, we're starting to see who's actually going to start picking things for the Oscars. Um, the Producers Guild some, will come out sometime today. We'll talk about it next week. We're already at an hour and a half already. Um, uh, and then the BAFTA nominations come out next week, too. So that'll be oh, one sweet. of the other big predictors for the um, for the ceremony. Um and then I think Critic Choice Awards and Directors Guild are next week. So we're going to have a good, healthy smattering of stuff to talk about. Uh, so you, won't you guys be excited? Be prepared. Um, yeah. But uh, thank you guys. And Ian, where can they find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me uh, at com on uh, Sammy18Shit. And now uh, regularly going to be uh, co-hosting a Will Valley show, Toast to Toast. Woo! Sweet! And uh, yeah, you can find me floating around on oneofus.net. Awesome. Hey, that, that, the Will Valley Show, that's really fun, so I can't wait to see what you guys do. So, um, yeah, Shaq, what, where can they find you, buddy? Oh, you can find me on all forms of social media at Shaq Excellence. That's S-H-A-K Excellence. And also, don't forget to check out uh, 
Horror News Radio, Decades of Horror, Nineties and Beyond. I joined in on a uh, former editor, uh, former editor Thomas Mariani, his show. Uh, we talked about Dog Soldiers, and the episode is out now. So if you guys want to check that out, it was a good show. Yay! I I really want to see Dog Soldiers. That movie looks awesome. I can't. Dude, wait. It's it was one that like he invited me out because he thought I saw it, but I hadn't. <laughs> but like it's one of those things that are like I had watched it before the show, like the morning of that episode. But uh, it was it's a fun movie. Like honestly, it's one that takes a while to pick up because I'm just like, okay, these are all a bunch of generic soldier types. But the moment they get holed up in the house and have to build like a stand against the fucking werewolves, it's it's really like impressive stuff. You can see the precursor to stuff like the descent, like where he would go with like his action directing, especially with like the the Game of Thrones episodes he did. That being said. The effects on the werewolves, some of them look good, but when they focus on them for extended periods of time, they look like dog shit. <laughs> dog soldiers. Pun dog intended. Shit. <laughs> I forgot Neil Marshall directed it, too. That's awesome. <laughs> but Yeah, uh, I think it was his first or second film. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he does great work, and now he's doing Hellboy. So, whoo. Um... Yeah, and then you can find me here. You can find me on other spots on oneofus.net. I write the notes for The Breakfast Pub. We should have a new episode out today or tomorrow, theoretically. So that'll be really fun, uh, depending on the time you're listening to this podcast.